This is the podcast by the Straits Times. Welcome to Health Check, a podcast series by the Straits Times, where we guide you to healthier living and clear up common misconceptions with expert guests. I'm Joyce Teo, and my co-host is Ernest Lewis. Today we have Dr. May Wong, a senior consultant at the Department of Child Development at KK Women's and Children's Hospital. She's here to tell us more about the impact of early screen exposure on children's behaviour. Hi, Dr. Wong. So you just published a study that associated early screen exposure with sleep disruption and emotional behavioural difficulties in children with neurodevelopmental disorders such as autism. So can you tell us more about your study? Okay, well, the first thing is that, to our knowledge, this is the first published study examining three factors together, which would be screen use, sleep and emotional behavioural difficulties, concurrently in children with neurodevelopmental disorders. As far as we are aware, the linkage has not been shown before, although Mm -hmm. there have been other previous international studies publishing just links between screen use and sleep Mm -hmm. or screen use and behaviour. And many of the other studies also on very early screen exposure have linked to mainly language and learning difficulties Mm -hmm. rather than emotional and behavioural difficulties. Right. And how young are we talking here in your study? Well, we actually examine children between the age of two to five years old. We ask their parents to fill in sets of questionnaires Mm -hmm. on their screen use. And when we say screen use, it's not just screen time itself. It's also how early they were exposed to screens, what they watched on the screens, where they use their screens and whether there were mealtime and bedtime screen use as well. And the parents also filled in questionnaires on emotional behavioural disorders and their sleep habits. Okay, and what were the findings that jumped out at you, the first finding, say, the biggest one? So one of the main findings was that more than half of the children were already exposed to screen devices at under 18 months of age. And also over half of the children had a bedroom screen device Mm -hmm. present. Right. So like a TV or yes. iPad? Yes. Right. Or they slept maybe with a mobile phone near them. So basically they are sharing rooms with the parents and maybe the parents are using devices while they sleep? Possibly. Okay. I mean in Singapore as well, some of our households can be very small yeah. and the flats where there are fewer bedrooms, mm. there's a very high chance of co-sleeping. It's culturally common for us to co-sleep as well. So you're saying even if the child is not engage with the screen device, if the parent is surfing late at night, assuming that the child is sleeping, that child could be affected as well. Yes, because if a parent is using a device, then Mm -hmm. there's a likelihood that there will be some blue light emitted from the device. And the fact that there's blue light present or light present in a room can actually affect a child's quality of sleep. So Mm -hmm. we already know from many adult studies that blue light can actually suppress melatonin hormone production in ourselves. So melatonin Mm -hmm. is a hormone that we all have in our brains that is our sleep hormone and it's light sensitive. So usually in the evenings when the sunlight goes down, our own natural melatonin levels go up and that's what makes us sleepy. But if we have continuous exposure to blue light, then it would suppress melatonin production. When you talk about all these screens, right, does it include, so it includes TV, iPads, and does it include background TV, like it's just playing, they're not actually watching, yes. but they're in the room with the TV on? Yes. We did ask about background TV, although we didn't analyse the data on background TV specifically, mm-hmm. but there are other literature published already that show that background TV can also affect a child's development because right. there's constant overstimulation mm-hmm. in a child who's maybe trying to learn language or to pick up interactions, it's very distracting. 
right. can overwhelm the child's sensory systems with too much sound or noise and or lights. Right. So what were some of the reported difficulties? Do you see them in the cases that you see at the um, hospital? Yes. We do see children with neurodevelopmental disorders anyway. But some of the reported symptoms are children tend to have problems with hyperactivity mm-hmm. or they have poor attention. Sometimes it's increased temper tantrums. So poor emotional regulation as a result of some possibly not having enough sleep. Lack of sleep. Lack right, of yeah, sleep. Yeah. But also if I was just having this discussion with one mm. of my patients this afternoon, it's trying to get the device back from the child can lead to major screaming, shouting outbursts. Yeah. I think that's the other thing. I mean, we talked about this in a previous podcast episode for lack of sleep for teenagers. I mean, what more for young children? You're talking about parents. What about their management strategies? This calls for parents to have good discipline. You must be able to manage your child without having to throw them an iPad or an iPhone just to keep them quiet. Is that critical here? Yes. Okay. And I think many parents um, have admitted to us in our study. Mm -hmm. So although these findings haven't been published yet, they were done in the same study and we actually interviewed parents through the questionnaire about their attitudes, whether they had house rules, whether Mm -hmm. they struggled to implement them. And although 60% of parents had house rules, another almost half of them said that they admitted that they struggled to implement them (laughs) because sometimes it's extended family who are helping out with caregiving or we have many households with helpers as well and they may be struggling to do chores Mm -hmm. as well as having a young child to entertain. So what are your suggestions on what they can do then? Well, I think the first thing is to have certain clear house rules. Mm -hmm. So one of the first clear house rules would be time itself. So even though the link that we found in our study was not necessarily to do with time, Mm -hmm. you would have to admit that if a child is spending four to six hours of time Mm -hmm. on a screen device, they're losing out on something else. Mm -hmm. Something's giving way. So as a result, yes, they should implement rules on time. We generally would say in preschoolers, no more than one hour per day of screen use. With older children, I think you need to have an agreement with the older children as well. Break it up. And make sure that whatever they're doing on their screens is appropriate, but also that it also gives them time to do other things. Question yourselves whether they've been out that day. Have they done something sporty? Mm-hmm. You know, have they gone out to the playground? Have they created something? Have they maybe right. done some art and craft? Some real interactive stuff. Built some Lego, played board games with somebody mm-hmm. else in the family. Okay. Interactive stuff. To build social cognitive skills and all that. Yes. Okay. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Health Check on Apple's podcast or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now, back to our conversation with pediatrician Dr. May Wong from KKH. So, Dr. Wong, great insights, great tips as well for parents who want to try and help manage their children better. How do you know if your child is getting too much screen time? How did you find out? What was the average screen time that these parents were exposing their children to? So, although the American Academy of Pediatrics guideline is no more than one hour per day, Mm -hmm. our parents were very honest with us in this study, I think, and they admitted to much more than that. So much so that the average was for almost four hours per day. Four hours? Wow. Yes. So, if that's the average, there would have been some families with higher than that, (laughs) if you think about it. But these are for children with uh, neurodevelopmental disorders, right? Yes. Do they tend to use the screen more because it could be harder to manage them? I I think it's difficult to make a direct comparison Mm. because we didn't simultaneously request for feedback from parents of children who don't have developmental delays. 
I would have to say that very similar study done by one of our collaborators, Dr. Falk, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. four years ago, actually showed that uh, he looked at two-year-olds and under, and he already found that they were spending quite a long time per day, about two hours per day, I think, at that time. Wow, right. right. So hours. video chatting is okay? Video chatting is okay if it's with a family member whom right. you can't see otherwise, yeah. and it's interactive. Okay. If you leave a video call on for a very long time, yes. just with somebody watching somebody else right. in the background, that's not so healthy. It's got to be interactive and social. What about today's young parents? Uh, they tend to be quite progressive, so they want, oh, I have educational interactive programs that we can share and watch on the iPad. Even then, that is included in the one-hour recommendation? Yes, it should be included, actually. I think we're still talking about very young children here. Yes. But I think the issue with many apps as well is that many apps are available, but they may not have much evidence base behind them as to whether they really genuinely help language or learning. And the advice, again, is that if a parent is going to use one of these with their children, Mm -hmm. they should do it interactively. Talk with their child, play the app together with their child, so there's interaction. Because the key to learning language mm-hmm. is it has to be two ways. Right, I see. But a lot of parents use it as a babysitting tool, actually, yes. so that defeats the purpose. You have yes. to actually do stuff. Yes. <laughs> and I think the other issue with the babysitting side is mm-hmm. the use of it during meal times. Right. So it's very common nowadays if you go to any restaurant, yeah. you often see a young child with a device in front of them when they're actually supposed to be Just having a meal keep time. Them quiet Just and keep don't them quiet so me. that you can feed yeah. the child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another important thing to mm. cut down on. So, uh, Dr. Wong, what about young parents who hire caregivers as well? It's important for them to discuss these kind of strategies and methods with the caregivers instead of just leaving the child at home and then expecting them to do all these things and know it just yes. off the top of their heads. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's where the household rules come in. Okay. So, if you have a good household rule on a screen time limit per day, Together with a household rule on no mealtime screen use, Mm -hmm. no bedtime screen use, and whenever the child does use their screens, helpers should be there to interact with the child, talk and laugh with the child, then everybody practices it. Okay. Grandparents included. Ah, yes. Yes, grandparents are a very (laughs) vital part of our society and we value them. But they need help with trying to run around after a young child. (laughs) So among this, in this study where the parents that you talk to, are they aware of the impact? Are they generally aware? Unfortunately, only about just under 40% of parents told us that they were aware of professional recommendations. So that would mean that the majority are Mm -hmm. still not. Mm. Wow, they should be reading more and they should be listening to our podcast. No, definitely. (laughs) That's for sure. But even the 40%, even though they are aware, they still give their kids quite a lot of screen time, right? Yes. And so that's admittedly, there are parents who are doing their best to, mm-hmm. to actually implement the house rules. But raising awareness is the first step. Mm-hmm. I think we acknowledge as well that it is challenging for parents. So many parents do report to us that they struggle with implementing house rules or limits, mm. getting the child to stop whining at them for the right, screen right. device. Yeah. But your study shows that if you actually give them too much screen time, it, it will backfire. It's actually worse. Yes. Well, thank you, Dr. Wong. Well, thank you for inviting me to speak on this podcast and thank you for giving me the opportunity to actually share this very important message with our young parents out there. Right, thanks for your tips. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check. We hope you like this latest healthy living tips. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg.
You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at the Straits Times and the Business Times online.